no, 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 Hall Hallie is gone. <laughs> you know, I thought after two weeks she'd run out of people to thank, but she just keeps on keeping on. <laughs> you, but we still love her, you know? It's, it's not bubbles and all. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Welcome to the show. We've got a special bonus episode for you all. A very special bonus episode. So we're doing something a little different today. Yes, we are. With this great opening from the Brady's Variety Indeed, special. Indeed, we've got the Brady Bunch Variety Hour. But first, before you all forget, my name's Pete. And I'm Scott. And, and these are, are the movies, movies that made us gay. gay. Oscar edition. Oscar edition. Awesome. So yeah, so we're kind of breaking format today. Yeah. We're going to just be talking about the Academy Awards. Yes, indeed. Kind of, We're kind of easing back to our regular season, so yes. we're doing something a little special today. Yes, for fun. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it's Oscar season. We love it. And it's the Gay Super Bowl. We have a very special guest with us. Yes, we do. Who do Movies we that made us gay all-star. Yes. Josh, welcome to the show again. Hello. It's great to be back. I feel so honored. Oh, yeah. Welcome back to the show. Uh, everyone here is loving you as usual. Oh, it's the Oscars. Well... We've got some great stuff to talk about. Yeah. So Oscars past and present. Yeah. We're just going to be breaking down everything Oscar. Yeah. Because who doesn't love an award show like a bunch of gay men? <laughs> I, I mean, mean, really, though. Like I said, it's, what our, is it about, it's our Super Bowl. What is it about the Oscars that just, like, attracts the gays? Gowns. Beautiful gowns. The beautiful gowns. <laughs> the, the faces in the squares with, you know, hope uh, yes. reaction. Yes, indeed. I mean, is there anything more satisfying than the shot of all of the best actresses in the boxes? It, like, in the <laughs> moments before they call out the name? It's hard to be. I mean, every year. Yeah. Even last year, it does with, it every time. Even last year with Glenn, I mean the expressions. <laughs> there, I mean, there's a, there's some good classic uh, loser expressions when you go back and watch some of these. I mean, Sally speeches. Kirkland kind of takes it as the first <laughs> Kristen Wiig character when she lost a share. <laughs> so, what was Sally Kirkland nominated for that year when she lost Ju a share? Not Julia. It's a name. It's uh. It's not Julia. I know. It's oh crap. We'll get the and we blank. Yeah. Sorry, uh, sorry, Sally, if you're listening. Well, it doesn't matter. Moving on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, what what do we have on the docket today, Scott? You're kind of gu guiding. I mean, the ship so here. yeah. I mean, we're gonna. I just figured that we would talk about the history of the Oscars right away. So, just kind of give you a brief little summary of the history of the Academy Awards. It was first awarded May sixteenth, nineteen twenty nine, ninety years ago. Can you believe that? Wow. With Best Picture going to Wings. So this. Year will be the 90th annual Academy Awards. Yes. Okay. Because they often say, like, you know, whatever year it is, mm -hmm. and this is the 90th. And in, 19, in, in 1929, it was a private dinner function at the Hollywood Roosevelt, Roosevelt Hotel, and winners at the time were announced to the media three months earlier. Can you believe that? Hmm. I can't. Yeah. So everyone already knew 
who is going to win going into the dinner. That changed in the second ceremony in 1930, and since then, the rest of the first decade, the results were given to news publications at 11 p.m. the night of the awards, used until 1940 when the L.A. Times announced the winners before the ceremony began. As a result, from this, since 1941, the Academy used sealed envelopes to reveal the names of the winners. Okay, and the Academy that everyone thanks? The Academy of Arts and Sciences, or the Academy of Motion Pictures of Arts and Sciences. Okay. What are the sciences that are involved? <laughs> I mean, I guess just technical. Yeah, I, I Technical stuff. <laughs> all that, all the techs. I sure. Can't, I can't imagine them giving the names out ahead of time. I That's mean, so yeah. crazy. Where's the suspense? Yeah. I mean, but I remember watching a documentary, I think it... I think it's called and the and the Oscar goes to it was on Netflix that the Oscars weren't really treated that seriously when they first came around like they were they were just sort of an industry I mean not really a joke but no one took them that serious at the very beginning right right I mean you have nothing to go by I mean now we have the sure. publicity machine and campaigns and what it can do for a movie and there's that whole story of when Claudette Colbert won for It Happened One Night. They had to go and, like, get her from the train station and be like, bitch, you got to go accept your Oscar. Like, she didn't even want to be there. So so they had to, like, drag her into the ceremony (laughs) to accept it. She had some place. She was getting on a train to go see her dying mother on her deathbed. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) They pulled her off to go get an an Academy Award. I made that story up. (laughs) Um, And so... uh, who who's Oscar? Oh, I I also have that. Yeah. The, well, I'll, I'll I'll first I'll go into the Oscar statue itself. The, it is officially called the Academy Award of Merit, or commonly known as the Oscar statuette. It is made of gold-plated bronze on a black metal base. The model for the statuette is said to be Mexican actor. I didn't know this, Emilio El Indio Fernandez. That's mm. who's supposed to be the model for Oscar. Aye, aye, aye. And the name of Oscar is very disputed of who actually gave it the name. The Academy officially adopted the name Oscar in 1939. One biographer of Bette Davis, who was an Academy president in 1941, I think that's Betty Davis, was the, the Academy president, which I did not know. That'd be pretty fierce. Yeah, that'd yeah. be cool. Claims that she named the statue after her, her, her first husband, band leader, Harmon Oscar Nelson. I named it Oscar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I named it because I could. Also, a frequently told... Broke out the Ouija board for a moment there. <laughs> she was here. She came through me. Also, a frequently told story is that the name comes from uh, Margaret Herrick, the Academy Executive Secretary, who said when she first saw the award in 1931, said that it reminded her of her Uncle Oscar. Boo. No, so I no one story. really knows. I think that we'll just say Bette Davis came up with it. I, I go with the Harmon Oscar Nelson story. Also, I'm a little biased because my friend is like distantly related to him. <laughs> ah, okay. I like that. Yeah, I don't like that second one. That was dumb. I think it was Betty Davis. I'm going to call it an Oscar. <laughs> um, okay, cool. I like that story. Well, what else you got? So I just figured that we go into like Oscar memories. Do any of you guys remember watching the ceremony as a kid and do you remember which one it was i think for me and this kind of go this may have set the stage for my love of dark depressing dramas <laughs> um 
but I was telling Scott before the podcast that the first one I remember distinctly as a kid was the one where Schindler's List won, mostly because of right. the music, but also because I remember having loved Tom Hanks and Big that I remember him winning for sure. the first time for Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess winning for playing a, a gay man is a whole other discussion. But <laughs> um, but maybe my first introduction to a lot of things, uh, AIDS, and then of course you know a depressing film about the Holocaust. Right. You know, being like, what was that? And Steven Spielberg, who did you know Jurassic Park, you know, also did this. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, that's that's kind of my first memory. Man, talk about a best picture category that was pretty much set in stone of who is going to win going in. Mm-hmm. It's just like, well, the, I mean, it, yeah. what are they going to give to the fugitive? <laughs> the piano, it, I believe, was also nominated I that mean, year. The, the piano is is like, I think to like the lay person like me, I'm just going to be like your Joe Schmo on the street and be like, that seems like an Oscar movie. Mm-hmm. There's like, she's in like some crazy dress. It's like a period movie. Like no, this woman's a mute. Like who knows what's going on? Harvey Keitel is naked a lot. Harvey Keitel's <laughs> buns, and uh, yeah. So that one would be like okay. That that I guess that could be a contender. But again, how are you, how are you going to go against Schindler's List? Come right. on, come on. I mean, what do you what are you thinking? Oprah had an entire episode, oh, really, an Oscar episode, and. When they were talking about Best Picture, she was just like, "What are you, it, was, it was this conversation. She was like, what are you going to do? And, and she was asking people in the audience. And one audience member was like, I like The Fugitive. And Oprah was like, The Fugitive! It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Yeah. She's like, nope, nope. <laughs> Not going to happen. Yeah, what are you going to do? Heavy year. I saw The Fugitive in school. with. Uh, well, we went to see it in the theater. They took it, my history Teacher took us our class. The fugitive, not the fugitive. I'm sorry, Schindler's List. Oh my gosh, we were gonna I, say I, the I thought year. you meant the fugitive. No, the I was fugitive. like, what were you guys doing to the fugitive? Schindler's List. He uh, he took us all to see Schindler's List in the theater. Just to just to calm over three hour. Oh know, yeah, theater. you know. I believe. I think that, people snuck out. And I saw, believe like, that we watched it in history class. We had to come after school hours and mm. watch it in the band room. Sure. Mm-hmm. No, I mean it was in theaters when I when I was in high school. Yeah. So we went. But yeah, just Hanks. That music—that's my memory. You Are know? you talking about the music from the sh- from the Schindler's ceremony or the oh the music from Schindler's yeah, List? Yeah, from Schindler's oh, List. That okay, beautiful yeah, John yeah. Williams score playing. Yeah, it's a good score. Yeah, they do that thing when when a movie wins for something, they play a bit of the, the orchestra yeah. plays a bit of the score from that movie. They win anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I lo- I do kind of love that. And we were notice I was noticing that during uh, when I was pulling clips during Sally Fields. Uh, <clears throat> speech i was like okay that's probably from places in the heart but then during Cher's speech it's that's amore it's that's amore because that's a big song from, i know but it just right, but the way the orchestra's playing it it just sounds like some <laughs> cheesy italian restaurant You're like that's amore that's racist is what that is <laughs> so the first ceremony that i ever think i watched was one braveheart one hmm so, I mean, that would have been, like, what, 96? So I would have been about 10 years old. A couple years later. Not, not too long after. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember the first uh, Oscars I watched. I, I just mean, remember your mom always them. watches Oh, my God, them. she always watched it. So I just would always watch with her. And um, trying to think of, like, uh, like actors I remember, like, acceptance speeches that I remember, like, early ones. Um Oh, you know, I do have a memory being like extremely young, like six years old, and my grandparents watching, and um, 
I remember on Golden Pond winning a lot of things. You're a pope? Yeah. And I was just like, what? That movie about old people? This old person movie? Yeah. And um, yeah, I remember that movie was huge. And I remember, what did it win? Uh, did it win Best Picture? I, I think actor, I, actor, actress. I know that I they all won. Actress. Yeah, they it. all won. I remember yeah. that, just being like, what is this Maybe movie? it just won actor and actress. And that was uh, Catherine Hepburn's last asking uh, acting Oscar, right? I believe so. Mm-hmm. Jane was nominated supporting, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yes. Yeah, so I remember that year. And my grandparents, my grandmother watching. And, and they were living. Together. They were living. They were like, this movie about old people. It's about us. Um <laughs> Chilling by the lake. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Golden Pond? Like, it didn't make any sense. I was so young. I was just like, what? Um, yeah, so that was my er- some early memories for me. So, yeah, I mean, just any favorite Oscar memories of yours that comes to mind at all? I mean, I remember being elated. And I'm trying to think, this must be either just after the Titanic year, but Robin Williams winning. Robin Williams won mm. the year that... The year of Titanic. It is. It was 97. Okay. So, I mean, that was a huge year for a lot of reasons. And that but... was Ben and Matt won yep. in 97, too. Ooh. But I just remember being elated because I loved Robin. And then it was kind of that first moment where someone tells you, you know, Josh, they've never won an Oscar before. <laughs> and you're like, I was like, yeah. I was like, Robin Williams has never won an Oscar? He How must win. So th- then I, when he did, and, you know, I was just loving it. I yeah. Mean, I was a Mrs. Doubtfire kid. <laughs> now, he would have had to have been the clear favorite to win going in, too. I think so. I mean, it wasn't overwhelming, but it was, you know, I remember, I think he's in the category with, like, Robert Forster and... Um, oh, someone who gives a grumpy look when he wins is uh, Burt Reynolds. <laughs> when yeah. he won for um, Boogie, Boogie Nights. Nights, which is interesting because I know that Boogie Nights he always had a weird relationship with because I don't think that he ever really liked the movie. He probably liked all the attention that he got from the movie, but I don't think Burt Reynolds personally really cared for it. But I guess he wanted to win, Scott. I mean, yeah, he's really good in that movie. But yes, I, I was. Related when Robin won. I was so happy. So I have in my I have in my notes most cringeworthy moments, and we should probably mention the notorious nineteen eighty nine ceremony produced by Alan Carr, which <laughs> I mean, how do we even describe how the ceremony went down? It was the first time that there was no host. It's it plays like um like a Simpsons or 30 Rock episode making fun of a award shitty shows. award show. Yeah. The music is that bad. I feel like music that has been written for Simpsons episodes about shitty award shows is better mm. than what they had. And it was, uh, well, what I remember most is the Stars of Tomorrow bit, but there's also the Stars of Yesterday bit that opens. The entire thing is like, and it's that's, like half an hour long. And, that's, right? and the opening number is kind of the reason why people gave it so much shit too right because it was snow white dancing with rob lowe well that's only part of it the the main part of the opening number is the stars of yesterday where they carted out these all these olds these p oh my goodness they they bust them in from palm springs for this musical number with some major set work going on here too. Well, because they couldn't walk out, they had to just be like sitting at like cafe tables and and sitting at like bistro like bistro sets that would mm-hmm. just turn around to show you just, just like you know um, Milton Berle and you know Dorothy, Will Rogers, Dorothy Lamour, like 
and I think up to like and a, I think the idea was board. that you as the audience would be like, wow, look at all of them. Like, look at these like old stars. But when in reality, you're just like, oh man, e- damn, they all e- look old. Yeah, right. they were they were looking pretty. Meanwhile, rough. the youngins are like on like, going up and down these giant stairs. And- I thought Patrick Dempsey was going to break his face. That was crazy. So who is who is in the Stars of Tomorrow? So there's Patrick Dempsey, Chad Lowe, Ricky Lake. I mean, there's a uh, Christian Slater, right? Yeah, Christian Jolie Slater, Fisher, Fisher um, Corey Feldman, Corey Feldman, uh, who even at the time of '89 was a total burnout. Like mm-hmm. I don't know how we managed that one. Yeah. Um. Uh. You, you've got Keith Keith Coogan, Coogan, our boy Keith Coogan. Uh. Little Savion Glover. Savion Glover, yeah. who's like 15. Yeah, so talented. Um, and I was going to say that no one in this Stars of Tomorrow future Oscar winners segment went on to win any Oscars. At least Savion Glover has a couple Tonys yeah. under his belt. Like, I feel like he's kind of the most legit yeah. one. Dempsey, I mean, probably the most rich from Grey's. Yes, I mean, definitely. I guess Christian Slater won, some, yeah. won a globe for Mr. Robot. Yeah, there have been some Emmys in there thrown in. I feel like, I mean, Ricky Lake's got to have some daytime Emmys at this I'm point. Sure. Um, but some good careers. Yeah, but yeah, good careers. Television mostly. I love that Ricky Lake is just living living her life up on the stage, though. She she is like in the moment. She is turning it yeah. out. She is one of the ones that looks the most legit. Because the rest, I mean, everything's corny. Even Ricky's stuff is corny. But the way she's delivering it, it's I mean, just she's selling like, it. She's got this confidence, just this like I don't know. She just had this like Tracy Turnblad swag. Like I can do anything now. And I think when Ricky talks about it, I mean, she loved the Oscars. Yeah, and so her mm-hmm. her passion and just you know excitement to be there is yeah. you know palpable. Holly Robinson is turning it out as well. I have to say, <laughs> <laughs> Holly Robinson is is giving it. Um, but some of them are just being corny. Some of the guys are just half assing it. And Corey is just if you just just he, follow him. He's doing in his the wide Michael, shots. He's doing his Michael Jackson bit. Just follow Corey around in the wide shots. He is just like bucking and spinning and doing <laughs> ever doing the most. And I and I kind of love it. But yeah, Rob Lowe has a portion where uh, a, a a woman, an actress, dressed as Snow White and doing the high voice and everything. What is her deal? She's like just off the bus from like coming to Hollywood. So it's so odd. I remember we were just watching a video with Bruce Valanche, and that comes from like a a production out of San Francisco, well, right? With Snow White? No, 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 not no, not necessarily. the The Beach Blanket Babylon, yes, is, that is was all encompassing. The entire production number was based on Beach Blanket Babylon, and that has these. Um, it's a very kind of a burlesque, almost uh, showgirl kind of a thing. And the women in this show, the dancers, have these big headpieces that, like, they're like these giant, like, 15-foot headpieces that they can, like, barely walk and move around in. And um, so, and it has, like, these over-the-top characters. So it, it wasn't pulled directly from it. It was, like, inspired by it or whatever. But I think that but the Snow White character out. was sort of from that. And they pulled it from it. To put on the Oscars. At any rate, Rob Lowe was dancing with Snow White, and he never lived it down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was right before the Rob Lowe sex tape came out, oh. too. Like, I want to say that the sex tape came out, like, a little under a month after the ceremony. Oh, wow. And there was a whole debacle, right, with using the Disney character image, which yes. is ironic now, right? Because the Oscars are on ABC owned by Disney. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Disney has just caved to that one. 
Yeah. So that so that was definitely a cringeworthy moment. So I think one of my favorite Oscar memories, uh, Joan Crawford accepting Anne Bancroft's award. Mm. <laughs> Seen on feud. Seen on for, feud. For no re- reason other than to just be cunty. Look up the side-by-side clip of feud of Jessica Lange and feud with the actual Joan Crawford, and it's fun to see them side by side. They did a really good job matching it. Yeah. Could you imagine that if that were if that were to happen today? Just the whole backstage antics, that whole mm-hmm. calling up other nominees in <laughs> yeah. case they couldn't come. Now, kind of like strong arming and now who did she it? sort of talk out of not going? It was. Um, I don't remember. She won for a trip to Bountiful. Yeah, that one. Geraldine Page. Geraldine Page. Yeah. Yeah. That she sort of talked her out of going to the ceremony. It's wild. I don't know if that actually happened. I mean, it probably did. I I think so. Yeah, I'm I'm sure it did. I think that's in the that's in the Wikipedia's, which means it's true. (laughs) (laughs) Another thing that I have in my notes is Oscar Best Picture winners that people love to hate. I think that Shakespeare in Love. Is, was kind of the poster child for this because mm. that win was such a huge upset. Yeah, I mean, it was the weird thing, you know, as I was going back and watching some speeches today, the Weinstein influence, how many people thank him, but also the whole yeah. takedown of um, Saving Private Ryan. He basically mm-hmm. said, you know, it's only about the first 15 minutes. Yeah, and he would actively <laughs> talk to members about that. And it's, and then. Boom! Wine and dine the you know academy and wow, and then you know Spielberg gets another Oscar for directing, but but loses Best Picture. I mean, yeah, I mean Harvey Weinstein kind of changed the face of Oscar campaigns too with Miramax. I mean, it probably started with uh, Daniel Day Lewis from My Left Foot. I think that was an early uh, project for him to get to win an award, right? And what were other big ones with him? I think that Sling Blade was another one that he really took by the arm. Chicago, The Hours. Chicago, The Hours. Oh, and I also have, under close Best Actress races, Kidman Oof. in 2002 when she was nominated with Renee. Two Weinstein movies going, like, head-to-head. And he also had, was it Salma? Yes. And Frida. Notoriously, he did horrible things to her on set. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh... Yeah, they, they what they say, Kidman, you know, they won by a nose, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think that was Denzel Washington, right? Oh, yes, Denzel said He that. said it when he opened up. The- oh, oh, that's right. <laughs> that is right. <laughs> so shady. <laughs> and there's been a lot that's been it's made about that up. nose, and I just feel like it's so blown out of proportion. Right, because she's still so great. Because she's still, still so good in that movie that I don't think it really matters. Yeah, yeah. Weinstein kind of came to his last lion. Yeah, lion was his last hurrah. Lion, goodbye. With Nicole Kidman and uh, Dev Patel. Patel. You you've never seen lion. Did not see lion. Did not interest me. There's no talk of babies or like dinosaurs from space in that movie. I mean, there's a cute little kid. (laughs) He's not a baby. (laughs) No. And uh, no space dinosaurs. No so ghosts. I figured that we would do rapid fire Oscar questions. All right, uh, Pete can participate in this. He's not <laughs> as big as a nerd as we are, so I'm curious no. of what Pete's answer for some of these is going to be. So yeah, so we'll just do it. Most overrated Oscar acting win. Go. Oh gosh, I th- I think 
you and I talk about this a lot. I think it always comes down to supporting actress. The the Kim Basinger of it all. <gasps> the Kim Basinger win. In a very I mean, she's strong great, but... category that year. When you look at the yeah. other nominees, it's like Julianne Moore for Boogie Nights, Gloria Stewart for Titanic. I think it's more of that, the reflection. It's that sure. not that anyone's yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just okay, you're a fierce giving giving me <laughs> looks with this, you know, mini the driver for hood. Google hunting. Yeah. But yeah, I mean I guess where did all this buzz for Kim Basinger come like come from? Because I mean LA Confidential was pretty liked. Was this one of those that, things that it's a thing that she, she's been around for X amount mm-hmm. of years. She doesn't have an Oscar yet. She's nominated, so throw her a bone. I definitely think that factors in for sure. Yeah. I feel like the real winner of that year probably should have been either Gloria Stewart or Julianne Moore. Yeah, and maybe wanting to give the whole thing of the spread the love, right? You know, you want to give yeah. L.A. Confidential something, right? Yeah, and Titanic's just gonna you know roll over you. I think that also Sandra Bullock's win for The Blind Side's a pretty notorious one. Yeah. It probably doesn't age the best. No. I mean, that was but kind of... But we love Sandy. Th- yeah. I mean, that was kind of one of those things that some years there's the Oscar prom queen vote. They win because they're the most beautiful and popular, which is fine. Like Jennifer Lawrence. Like and, Jennifer Lawrence. And uh, L- uh, La La Land. Emma Stone Emma. for La La Land, yep. Um, yeah, be, yeah, the whole kind of concept of being beloved, the in the star of the moment, or yeah, yeah. Reese Witherspoon for Walk the Line. It tends to happen more with younger females. Oh, for yes. sure, yeah. Um, young males don't really win Oscars. Oh it's no, very rare. Well, in lead, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. rare. Yeah. Um, I mean, Adrian Brody was thirty. Yeah, even Eddie Redmayne was considered young. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Adrian, he was in his thirties. Adrian Brody is the youngest yeah. lead still, still, right? Yeah. I mean, if yeah. Timothy Chalamet would have won, I think he was probably like 22. He would have. When he was nominated. Toppled that, yeah. So, okay, the next one. What is Meryl Streep's mo- most overrated Oscar nomination? Oh, nomination. Uh, Series of unfortunate events. <laughs> uh, maybe. I mean, she's she's great. I love my Meryl. Maybe Music of the Heart or something like that? Yeah. She, she was, was nominated, nominated for, for Music, Music of the Heart. Of the heart. Come yeah. on. That's a good one. I'm going to go with The Post. I feel like that Best act, that best Actress nomination is a little generous. You think it was just walking into rooms in a nice caftan? Yeah. A chunky, mm-hmm. a chunky sweater. And... I mean, she does wear a fabulous caftan in that movie. And she gets some nice, like, you know, kind of not boardroom-ish scenes, but in her office, you know, this is my paper. They give her a lot of good <laughs> speeches in it. Yes. So what should Streep really should have won the third Oscar for? Because she won for the Iron Lady, which I which I think is a little generous. Yeah, I mean, we've kind of talked about this. It's probably good she won because Viola, what she you know kind of thinks about the help now. It's she, I think yeah. she ended up winning for that. Viola right time. is much is happier that she won for Fences yeah. over over the Help person. Yeah. Strangely, I find myself quoting Iron Lady sometimes. Like, I'll just, like, you know, just be talking to my mom, and I'll be like, the Falkland Islands belong to Britain, and I want them back. <laughs> but what should have that third one be? I think Julia and Julia Ooh. would have been a good third win for her. Yeah. Or Doubt, Julia and Julia, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, did she really need a nomination for Into the Woods? I mean, probably it's not. It's good. It's a musical. The yeah. witch rap scene is really good. <laughs> We love a blue wig. I mean, I love a blue wig, but I don't know about... I mean, how many nominations is Streep at now? 
We're in the 20s, right? Is it like probably like 24? Something like that. She's got another couple at least in her. Uh, let's see. Academy Award. She's going to keep bringing it. 21 nominations. Wow. Three wins. She's going to keep bringing it. Um, Your favorite Oscar speech? Sally. Which one? <laughs> Sally number two. Sally the notorious. Two. Well, uh, we just so happen to have uh, the Insider's Beach. And you can talk a little bit about why uh, this is. Do you want to talk about why it's your favorite speech before or after we hear it? After. Okay. Here we go. Where are you? Oh, Benton, what you did for me. You changed my life. Truly. This means so much more to me this time. I don't know why. I think the first time I hardly felt it because it was all so new. I owe a lot to the cast, to my players, to Lindsay and John and Danny and Ed and Amy, my little friends, Ginny and Yankton. I owe a lot to my family for holding me together and loving me and having patience with this obsession of me. But I want to say thank you to you. I haven't had an orthodox career, and I've wanted more than anything to have your respect. The first time I didn't feel it, but this time I feel it, and I can't deny the fact that you like me right now. You like me. Well, there you go. I mean, it's kind of the the, the gold standard of actor uh, acceptance speeches now. You know, it's a funny thing, too, because Sally has a great sense of humor about it, yeah. talking about it. You know, it was much, you know, been much made fun of. And actually, one of the most misquoted. Yes. Because people Cause everyone say, think it's, you like me, you really like me. But it's really right now. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I just, I kind of like it because there's... There's something odd, of course, but just, but also real and emotional yeah. in, in the moment. I don't think she thought she was going to win, too. I, yeah, probably not. And I mean, just her story, like she said, having a, an unorthodox career path. Yeah, coming I mean, she from came television, from, coming from, from sitcoms. Family TV sitcoms. And, and just kind of carving her way out in, in movies. And she's so good. She's Sally Field. She's a, she's a treasure. And how, it's like, I get upset and I'm just like, how was she. And she was only nominated for a Golden Globe for Steel Magnolias. Mm. Overlooked by the Academy for Steel Magnolias. But she has two Best Actress wins. She's fine. But <laughs> 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 She's so good in that movie. Yeah. And I feel like you know, that thing about the unorthodox career, it was so true at the time. Actresses did not tend to come from television right. yep. and develop these great film careers. Yep. But yeah. Um, but obviously Norma Ray was a huge turning point and, and um, Sybil for TV, right? But. Yeah, Sybil was a TV movie, yeah. which is interesting because it was so like part of like pop culture, like all through the eighties. Um, and I feel like that's like, a movie that people that. tend to remember but, as a movie that was in theaters. But yeah, it was a TV movie. Yeah. So one of my favorite wins, kind of going back to um, uh, kind of different career paths for Oscar winners. I really liked Cher's win for Moonstruck. I like Cher's journey as an actor coming from coming from, from being a singer, doing the Sonny and Cher show, that audiences at the time would have associated her with these extravagant Bob Mackie costumes. They didn't really take her that seriously as an actor, and Cher had to prove herself, kind yeah. of working her way up in Hollywood. And I really love 
that acceptance speech that she gives. Now, I want to really, I want to really say something. <laughs> uh, when I was little, my mother said, I want you to be something. And, uh, and I guess this represents 23 or 24 years of my work. And I've never won anything before from my peers. Um, I'm really, really happy. I, I'd like to thank everyone I worked on with the movie. They were really fabulous. It was really a great experience for me. Uh, my makeup man, who had a lot to, to work with. <laughs> uh, my hairdresser, my assistant, my children who've been so wonderful, the lady who taught me how to speak in this Brooklyn accent. And I would like to thank the women that I was nominated along with because I feel really, really good because they were so great. And I also would like to thank Mary Louise Streep, who I feel so unbelievable that I did my first movie with her and now I was nominated with her and I feel really thankful. This means that I am somebody, but I guess I'm on my way. Thank you. Good closing line. Mm. And this is an interesting Best Actress here because there's always very passionate uh, responses from gay men of who really should have won this year. Because I think a lot of people think that's Glenn Close's Oscar for Fatal Attraction. Oh. See, and then and then there's the whole different, the other Glenn Close direction, which is to go for, um, oh gosh, I'm totally blanking now. We'll come back to me. The wife? Not not, not the wife, but oh. some, somewhere in between there. Oh. Dangerous Liaisons? Dangerous Liaisons. Thank you. Well, I mean, that's the movie that she probably should have won for. Yeah. This is a great share win. I lo- don't you love that she says Mary Louise Street? The, I was the, just her... looking that up right now. Yeah. Mary Louise Street. They tight. It's the birth name, right? Her, Mar- yeah, Mar- that's her. Yeah. Meryl in quotation marks. And... The Sally Kirkland movie is called Anna, and I think Which no one remembers. And I think Sally Kirkland really had to hustle for that nomination. I'm sure she did. Like, and those were the days that I think that you could personally reach out to people and campaign. Yeah, too, which I don't think you can do now. Right, and 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 also interesting that she's in her older years. You still see her on the circuit, talking, always talking to people. And Sally Kirkland I, is notoriously the first person to arrive at every Academy Awards red carpet. She's really she's always working there. that moment still. Yeah, I I remember as a kid watching and just being like, that lady is always there. And my mom's just like, ah, that's Sally Kirkland, <laughs> she's a kook. Love that share win though; it's great. Yeah. Um, when Sally won for Places in the Heart, um, it looked like one of her kids was there with her. And I was like, oh, is that the gay son? But then I was like, it can't be. He was probably wasn't even born yet. And what was that, 85? Yeah, he wasn't born Yeah, yet. he wasn't born yet. So that's Do you want to talk about Cher's date to the Oscars? I know that you're obsessed with him. It's the bagel guy. Uh, the bagel guy. I love Cher's bagel boyfriend. Um, so what's their whole deal? Is that they just met at the bagel shop and she's just like... Yo, yo, you want to go on a date? You want to go on a date? I love these bagels. Yeah. Um, Do you want to come to the Oscars with me? I think it was something like that. Uh, oh, my God. He's got... Okay, this pops here. Rob 
Camaletti. He was oh shit. I mean, do they still know each other? They still hang out? On her 40th birthday, wait, let me see. On her 40th birthday in 1986, Cher met 22-year-old Bagel Baker Rob, who earned the unfortunate name of Bagel Boy. They dated for several years. Oh, good for her. Rob Camaletti. He just looked like a good like a good Italian boy yeah. like from like from the block. 22. Oh my god. I love that. <laughs> Bagel Boy. He was there. That's great. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. Was he there the next year when she wore her Spider-Woman dress? Now, was the big headpiece when she was nominated for Silkwood? No, I thought that was the following year after she went back to like give the present best actor. That's a good ass question. I think, I think that she wore the headpiece when she was nominated for Silkwood. Silkwood was first. Mm-hmm. About what four years before she lost to Linda Hunt. Oh, another one that wouldn't have. No, that win definitely does not hold up to. 2020 woke standards. Yes, and, the, the, and why not? Because she's a because she's playing an Asian, a white woman playing an Asian woman, an, an Asian, Asian man, an Asian, Asian man. Yeah, yeah, she's playing an Asian man. You guys are bearing the lead. <laughs> <laughs> There's Share, a lot going on there. Shares headpiece. When was it, Pete? <laughs> still, still looking it up. <laughs> oh my goodness! What else do we got, Scott? Uh, what's your favorite one for one Oscar win? Actor who won once and never returned yet. Scott, you're really making these difficult. Um, who's yours? I really like Chris Cooper's win for adaptation, and I'm kind of shocked that he's never been nominated again. Because he's so strong in everything. He's so good, but I'm just surprised that they haven't found a vehicle for him to go back to the Oscars with. Every time he shows up, like even in Little Women this year, I'm like, I love Chris Cooper. Yeah, so he's my favorite one for one. Hmm. I have to think on that for a quick second. Look at you, not. I also I'm love, prepared. I also love Paltrow's win just because people love to give it so much shit. But she was great. But she was great in Shakespeare in Love. And, and I, I, I love a, I love a family acting dynasty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, we can go back to the one for one Oscar. Who would you want to sit next to during a ceremony? Anybody? Anybody? Alive or dead? Alive or dead? <laughs> What can I say? You know my thing for British twinks. <laughs> it's Andrew Garfield. Oh, <laughs> oh hey, hey, hey. Andrew Garfield would be good. Well, mine, fun. mine would probably be either Olivia Coleman if we're doing like a serious answer. But, I mean, I have to go with Kathy Griffin. If you can somehow get her like in the ceremony to sit next to, I would love to hear her commentary on everything that's going on. I mean, Olivia Coleman seems great because she she drinks. I mean, yeah. yes, I, I love them when she you know winning this past year. Just basically, people had to lift her out of her seat. Yeah, and she had a cute moment with Emma Stone. Yeah, when they call her name, I think she'd be tons of fun. Um, tons of fun to to drink with and. Yes, indeed. Emma Thompson always seems like she's a good time at those. Mm. Emma Thompson things. would be would, would be good. But I think I'd really just want to sit next to Frances McDormand and just like <laughs> talk well, shit talk shit on everybody. Roll my There'd be eyes a lot of like whelp. So uh, Cher won uh, the Bob Mackie headdress gown in '86, the year before Moonstruck. Oh, yeah. She said she wore it because the Academy didn't like me. Well, and they hated it, the way I dressed, and I had young boyfriends. Yeah, and that was a time <laughs> where, serious. kind of looking back at Oscar fashions too, 
like that was a very different time in Oscars that Cher was sort of trailblazing. Because whenever you were usually nominated for an Oscar, you would just go to like J.C. Penny to pick up your dress. Like dressing in designer labels was not a thing, right? Not till the nineties. Yeah, it's like what is bold today is like maybe that would be tame in comparison for an Oscar red carpet. I mean, it would still be out there. Yeah, but Cher was wearing Mackie, but he dressed Cher. Um, but for the most part. You know, Sally Field, when she won, was wearing a, a gown and probably a, an expensive gown, but probably not a, a couture, you know, yeah. fashion line. Um, yeah, that was a lifetime partnership. Yes, indeed. I don't know if she was really there for anything in 86. I don't know if she probably, I doubt she was nominated for anything in 86, Cher. Just to present and Just give you probably, that look. Yeah, mm-hmm. probably. Turn, turning looks, which so she I, did. I know that... Um, Kind of the actress that cited a lot for changing red carpet styling is in 1995 when Uma Thurman showed up at the awards wearing Prada. Hmm. I think that dress was kind of a big deal because it was a fancy label. Okay. And it's, it was just sort of the beginning of, and who are you wearing? Oh, people and getting things designed for you. Mm-hmm. Jo- didn't Joan Rivers yeah. start that on E? She did. Asking people. Now, uh, where did Elizabeth Hurley wear the wear the uh, safety pin dress? Oh, yeah. Where was that? Was that the Academy Awards? Because that was a fashion moment. And that was... Who was that? Was that Gucci? Because... Yeah. That's a good question if it was the Oscars. Because even Gwen... Hugh even, Grant, so... Yeah. Probably was. Even Gwyneth with the see-through nipple showing thing, right? That was Oscars. That was Oscars, Yeah. The, yeah. bla- the black was sheer. Uh, Liz Hurley wore that dress to the four weddings and a funeral premiere. Premier, get out of here. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. That's for a premiere. That's flashy. And mm. it's it's Versace, I think. That's right. It's Versace. Versace. Yeah. Versace. Versace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like the late 80s uh, fashion was having a moment with people like Gina Davis and Kim Basinger. Yeah. And you um, don't really get. But they were they were going out on a limb each year doing fun stuff. Gina Davis wore a lot of trains. Kim would have asymmetrical, you know, dresses. Um, Gina was so, is so tall and like statuesque that she was able to pull off these like super high fashion looks. And, but I think at the time they were just like, well, there's these two cuckoos, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And most women were just wearing still ball gowns. And, Um, I also think that now going to the Oscars, I think a lot of women are afraid to take bold risks like that. You don't see crazy dresses anymore. Not not as much, no. No, they're just very kind of assembly line red carpet dresses. If you're Sofia Vergara. Mm-hmm. It's like the paper doll dress of like Sofia Vergara, just in different <laughs> colors. Yeah. It just puts over her. Um, people want to be comfortable. Yeah. I think that I think people I think people still take chances a little bit, maybe more at the Globes. Yeah, I don't know. Gwendolyn Christie is always taking chances these yes. days. Although the chance she took at the Globes was just a little too much of a chance. I don't think that and one quite landed. And she started in the model world, right? So, yes. Yeah. yeah, and she again, yeah, she's super tall too. So she, yeah, she comes from fashion, so that's probably why. But um, yeah, I always remember watching. We would always start with the red carpet, and even before E, just watching, you know. NBC or whatever channel it was on, just like, because here in LA, like, I think all the channels did red carpet, like back in the eighties. Who used to do 
the red carpet, KTLA. KTLA still One. does a red carpet. Um, who used to do it in the 80s, though? KTLA, NBC. ABC. No, I meant like who used to host it. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> whoever was on KTLA in the 80s. Probably Sam. Mm-hmm. I mean, the swan dress changed a lot, too. The swan dress. Yeah, New York swan <laughs> dress. I love that. I love a good, crazy fashion statement at the Oscars. <clears throat> Uh, okay, Best Actors, 1951. Who do you stand the most? Gloria Swanson, Bette Davis, or even Judy, Judy Holliday. Who was the Who was the winner? Judy, Judy Holliday. Holliday. Judy Holliday oh, won yes. for... Um, it was a big It was a big upset. Well, what did she win for? Born Yesterday. Born oh, Yesterday. Right. Famous uh, Melanie Griffith uh, remake. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going with Gloria Swanson. Me too. Gloria yeah. Swanson as well. I, I love All About Eve... But I feel like Gloria Swanson is just giving everything. Wow, we're yeah. all in agreement here. Yeah. It's like a beautiful gothic waxwork work performance. I love it. Yeah, and it's so specific. You know, yes. it's 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 big, but it's I mean yeah. that there's a reason for that. And you see exactly why, or like what the old studio system and even going back to the silent era like what it turned out in their performers because Gloria Swanson does everything in that movie mm-hmm. her like Charlie Chaplin impression like she's funny she's serious she's glamorous she's like grotesque like all this stuff and it's like actors nowadays I mean while they can have range it's like oh my god they they danced are you mm-hmm. kidding me? They dance? What? Like, like but everyone, time, everyone losing their goddamn minds in the La La Land. People played musical press. instruments. Like, you know, it's like you just did all of these things. Right. You just knew how to do it. And she was bringing an, her own personal history yeah. in the yep. business to it. Which they wrote really it in the cool. movie. Yeah. That's so, good. yeah, I agree. Favorite actor who's never been nominated for an Oscar? Oh, gosh. Never ever? Don Knotts. Okay, Don Knotts is a good one. <laughs> he's my favorite actor, and he's never been nominated for an Oscar. You asked. Mm-hmm. It, it's so funny you say that because strangely, I want to say Joan Cusack, but she has been nominated. <laughs> she's been nominated twice. <laughs> yeah, it's. I feel like she's still like an underrated right? gem. It's true. I really like Jeff Daniels, and never has been nominated for an Oscar. Kind of surprised wow. that he didn't get nominated for Terms of Endearment. Me too. Yeah, because he was great in that. He was really good in that. Mm-hmm. But I think that movie was just so much those two. Well, was I Jack mean, nominated? John Lithgow was nominated. Oh, that's right. Yeah, oh, well, shut my mouth then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hmm. Jack. that's one of Jack's three Oscars, right? Terms. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Cuckoo's Nest, Terms, and then As Good As It Gets. Yeah. Never ever. I'm, I'm like recycling on everything. It's yeah. all going to come to me at once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Upcoming actor who's on the verge of of like being nominated or maybe winning, kind of because I feel like Scarlett was one that everybody mm-hmm. kind of wondered. Oh, she's never been nominated for an Oscar, and then this year, boom, two. You, you know what immediately comes to mind when you say that? Not only because the work they're doing, but the projects they're picking is um, for me as a fanning sister. Because oh, sure. sure, I remember seeing. Um, 
Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with my mom, and she didn't even she was familiar with Dakota Fanning, but she didn't recognize yeah, her. Within that's that one of my favorite scenes yeah. of the movie too. You Creepy her. Mm-hmm. and yeah. good, but I, I feel like we're on the verge of a Fanning sister getting nominated. Yeah, I feel like Elle has kind of been overshadowing Dakota the last few years. But I think Dakota's kind of going to come back and, and get some big One or the other. Yeah. So I have three. Okay. I think Mackenzie Davis. Mm. Tully. I think she's one that if you put her in the right movie, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be huge. Because, I mean, they've been trying. Like, she was really good in Tully. They've been trying to make her an action star, and it hasn't quite stuck. But I feel like if you just give her the right drama, I think she, it can send her over <clears> the edge. <throat> Judy Greer is one that I'm kind of surprised that she hasn't been in a comedy I or mean, a she's drama not quite up and, coming, and but... just walked away with the entire thing. Kind of like Octavia Spencer, just a, a well-known character actress that just like breaks out. Right. I think that could happen to Judy Greer. I, I could see it for sure. Mm-hmm. And also Elizabeth Olsen mm-hmm. is one that I think she is on the verge if you just give her the right movie. I like those choices. It's almost happened. It but has. With Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene. But Try to say that didn't quite ten times though. fast. Yep. Uh, we can do this one quick. What's a new category that should be introduced? Uh, I mean, people jump to casting or whether children should be, you know. If cons- they should bring back the junior Oscar. Yeah, the critics' choice to, I think it's, a, is it 25 and under? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. The Rising Star. And also the Baftas have one. Yes, I kind of like some idea. I mean, especially with the Oscars, you know, going through their own struggles of how do we attract attract an audience. A thing like the Rising Star might be interesting when you have voting taking place by the public, right? But then I guess you'd run into a whole slew of issues or hacking or... Yeah. And I know that they've been trying to make a stunt man, a, a stunt a stunt category for years, and it just hasn't happened. Yeah, Zach, Zach does that. And also, I would like to see a, a voiceover category. It could be voiceover and uh, performance capture. I was going to say that conversation came up first with Ellen, right? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. then, and then, of course, the motion capture, the whole Andy Circus discussion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I kind of like that. You combine them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that Scarlett Johansson did some fine work in her that I feel... Mm-hmm. Like, you could have put her in supporting actor. Right. There, I remember talk of that. Did the actors in Anomalisa get any sort of recognition for anything? Oh, I no. don't think so. Okay. Out, I don't think outside of the animated. Okay. Yeah, because uh, there, there was some good acting in Anomalisa. Um, any favorite best actress years that you have of when the category was particularly strong? I mean, don't they all put me through something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every year. I feel like I think about the 2008 race a lot with Marion Cotillard and Julie Christie mm. and Ellen Page and Laura Linney. Um, 1992 is a good one with uh, Thelma and Louise and Sounds of the Lambs. That's a great year. And Laura Dern for Rambling Rose. And also 2011, I think, is really strong when Natalie Portman won. It was her, Annette Benning. Nicole Kidman, Michelle Williams. Yeah. That was a really strong category that year. Yeah. Annette is starting to enter that space of Glenn where it's like, is she going to go O for life? Yeah. Are they just going to give her the career award? 
You're just going to keep giving him Hillary Swank. Yeah, I mean, I just don't 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 end up there with her again. <laughs> yeah. Um So yeah, no, I think that white ladies. I think that just about does it with my kind of rapid fire Oscar questions. Can Typical. you still think of a one for one? Oh gosh, I know. I, I was thinking, Scott. I was thinking, just to not coming. You know, I. You know what I think is a one for one that's going to stand well, even though very recent, just last year. Um, Regina, although it's, um, it you know, it was a lifetime of great work. Right. Um, she but, could. She could make her way back in. Yeah. Too. It's, I mean, I think she'll be back, but I mean, she's Monique. Just, that's mine. Monique, yes. It was, it was about the work, she said, right? It was about the work. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Monique famously didn't really campaign for that. And no, a lot of people not. gave her that's a lot, of, she, a lot of grief why, for it. Well, I mean, that's why her career was in the toilet. So. Yeah. I mean, she did like one round table. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, should we talk about the, uh, this year's yeah, uh, so we ceremony? Can, we, we can kind of break them down a little bit. Uh, so there's going to be no host. They're following suit like last year. They're probably going to have a comic introduce it, and that's going to be it. But they promise big numbers, right? Big entertainment. We'll see. I mean, that's the thing, is that I feel like ABC just needs to surrender that the Oscars just aren't as big anymore. That's okay. I think they just need to let it go. Right. Like, rating-wise, you'll never Mm -hmm. reach those Titanic heights. Can Adina just sing Let It Go again? (laughs) I'd be good with that. Mm -hmm. Um, What are the... Best original song because if we're gonna if they're relying on numbers, what the hell is even gonna be performed? I mean, like you're saying that we got another Frozen song, but no Frozen. You, you, yeah, you, can we hype up the show by saying John Travolta is gonna you know come out again? <gasps> oh my god, is so, Adina gonna sing Into I the mean, Unknown? Yes, yeah. Oh I mean, god. it's Into the Unknown from Frozen Two. Oh my god, can he? Can, oh, do you think? Do you think? That they'll have John Travolta introduce Adina Mazel. It makes sense, but I would die. I would die a thousand deaths. I'm always <laughs> love it. just. I mean, I'm not shocked because it's John Travolta, but just like he is like number one in their little black book of calling celebrities. I feel like he's there every. He's like our new Mickey Rooney. They're just gonna like wheel him out like till the very till like the bitter end. Break yeah. out the new. Break out the new hairpiece. But but you're so right. Like people like him, and you know maybe not this year because of of the omission. But people like J Lo were always yeah. I mean, their seat was in the front yeah. row. Yes, and you're sitting next to Meryl Streep, and you know you've never been nominated. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. J Lo was always in the front row, mm-hmm. but I guess she's just just that glamour, just that like that celebrity that that they want people to watch for. They want a good good camera shot for. Her. <clears throat> I really, so, I really want John Travolta to introduce Adele Dazeem this year. That so, be best original song, I Can't Let You Throw Yourself Away from Toy Story 3, Randy Newman. Boring. <laughs> uh, I'm Gonna Love Me Again, Rocket Man. That's probably okay, that's probably going to win. Elton. But Elton's going to perform that, not Taron, because Taron didn't sing that in the movie. Well, he's on the song. I th- oh, oh it's I a little duet, duet, right? Duet it's a duet. Together. But they haven't okay. announced Taron yet. Uh, oh, they haven't. I mean... <sighs> Taryn's like, fuck you, you didn't have any. I'm busy. <laughs> they got to have Taryn. Please, 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 please. Yeah, that would be fine. Um, I have not seen Breakthrough. I'm going to stand it's a with you. Christian um, faith based movie. It's a movie. Jesus movie and Mu- a song got nominated? Music and lyrics by Diane Warren. That's why it was nominated. Who sings it? Chrissy Metz, the actress from. No. This is us. I, hate, I hate this. Is us. 
<laughs> and stand up from Harriet. Yes, Cynthia, Cynthia if I mean, this is not going to happen because I think Elton's going to win, but if she won, she'd be the youngest EGOT ever. Cynthia Erivo? Would this make if, her an EGOT? Wow. Well, yeah she, yeah, she just needs the Oscar. Wow. She won an Emmy? Yeah. For what? Um, it was when they do the Emmys, daytime Emmys for performance. So, Color Purple wow. song. What? Wow. So, she, what, she did it like on the Today Show or something? Right. So, she, <laughs> she's been able to triple dip with Color Purple by Tony Grammy. I yeah. love that. A I lot mean, of times, that's actors, how you got. A lot of times, actors get that get that Grammy for soundtracks. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. I love it. Yeah. I, I love that you can win an Emmy for performing your own your your stage thing stage thing on like Letterman or something. Yeah. That's great, they, and they may have recently gotten rid of it sure. too. Wow. Okay. So so she, and she performs a song for from Harriet. I yes. did not know that. Yeah. Well, she's a she's a double nominee, uh, yeah. Tony Award winning, you know, singer. So cool. So I think a lot of the main acting categories are pretty set in stone, but we'll go through them. Uh, actor Antonio Banderas for so Pain cringe. and Glory. I still have not seen Pain and it's Glory. It's a beautiful yet, performance. But um, I really want to because I love Antonio and I'm glad that he was nominated. Leonardo DiCaprio for Once My Time in Hollywood as Rick Dalton. Buzz that has kind of gone away. I was going to say at the beginning of the season, he was like top yeah. again. Yeah. I feel like when the movie came out last summer, everyone was like, oh, well, Leo's probably going to win. It was like double boom, boom. Yeah. It's a good performance, but I feel like at parts it's just it's a little heavy handed. He's doing he does some really good subtle stuff with the character work where he like the character has a stutter and like just some really interesting small things that are great but the big things are a little too big for me. You, you mean know? like the trailer cuz I feel like they almost might use that trailer breakdown oh, as the clip. They're totally going to use a trailer breakdown as a clip. Um but like I love this I I do love the scene when the the younger actress was like that was the best acting you've ever seen and he and he just gets all choked up. That's great. That's really funny. You know, and like it is very interesting that the character has a stutter that he slips into only at certain moments. Um that was definitely a choice. But yeah, the really big broad stuff to me felt very actory. Actory. You know what I mean? It just felt like I'm going to go deep down. I'm going to punch this wall. You know, mm-hmm. well, speaking like, of right. punching, punching walls, walls, yeah, Adam Driver from Marriage Story, yeah, I think is my personal pick of the category. If I was a voting member, mm-hmm. would be Adam Driver. Really great. I mean, it's really good. The two of them story. just dominate the whole. Um, whole Jonathan Price, I have not seen Two Popes yet. He's great. This and this is another. He and Antonio this year, uh, two older actors who have never received yeah? this type of ne- recognition before. No. I mean, Jonathan Price has been working how for years. How has Jonathan Price? How did he get overlooked for Jumping Jack Flash? That's my question. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure that he just missed it for Avita. It always comes back to us and Whoopi. Apparently. Always, yeah. <laughs> but of course, the winner is probably going to be Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. Joaquin, oh, you're so skinny. <laughs> you're so skinny. I mean. It's it's an interesting thing because Scott and I are always talking about how actors of that caliber can do such small work. Yeah. And then in the end, it's almost like you get your prize for the most yeah. acting. For doing the yeah. Because he, he's done such small yeah. stuff. And he's, I think the understated Joaquin Phoenix is always my favorite version of yeah. him. And it's, it's, in in, the, in, it's in stuff like yeah. Her. 
Right. But, like, he's not going to win an Oscar for her. And that kind of just shows you that, like, that talent and what they're doing. Because I really do like him a lot in her. And I just really was just, like, uh, rolling my eyes the entire time. (laughs) And he brings elements of the small stuff in this. But, you know, it's... The the phenomenon definitely is overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of my takeaway from Joker, because we just watched it, that it was fine. Yeah. Like, it's fine. It's a little heavy handed. And I'm mainly just shocked at its crazy reception that people are losing their goddamn mind over it. But that said, it makes sense because it's the Joker and just people, audiences respond to that character. They've always responded to Joker. Yeah. And. I mean, it's a dark place to sit for a couple hours. Really yeah, dark. totally. But I also feel like audiences respond to any time we are able to relate something slightly outside our normal real-life box and then bring it back into today's yeah. discussion maybe about mental health. I mean, I'm not sure. You know, it's. I was telling, I was telling Scott, you know, I've seen therapists. I've seen people respond positively and feel things that I didn't personally feel. Yeah. When I watched the film, I mean, it's not to take away from anybody's opinion or response. I just I didn't connect with it on that like visceral emotional level. Yeah, agreed. Um, but he but he is terrific. Yeah, and so it'll be a huge gag if if he doesn't get it. Oh yeah, it'll be a big gag if Adam Driver's name is called for sure. If anybody's, um, yeah, and we will know from Olivia Coleman's <laughs> lips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so best actress, two. I feel like my pick of the category, if I was voting, would be Scarlett Johansson in Marriage Story. Hmm. I think that she does some really beautiful work in that movie, and it's like the best I've ever seen her. She's great. But, uh, yeah, we got we got Saoirse, who's like, what, four nominations? Only yeah. 25 years old. That's crazy. It's like, fuck my drag. What Cynthia, am I doing with my life? Cynthia, who's great, only person of color. Who's our fifth one there? With, oh, Charlize. Charlize for... A bombshell. Which is creepy. You know, it, I thought it was so funny that she spent half this circuit this year basically saying, you know, which was harder to play, serial killer, which you won an Oscar for, or Megan yeah. Kelly. And she's like, Megan Kelly. Because <laughs> it's the it's the figuring out how to make someone who is so unlikable to a lot of yeah. people and kind of imbue it, you know, with something, but also being in the situation where you're being taken advantage of by this yeah. you know, creep. Because I kind of saw it two ways. Like, the one way was, like you said, I don't care for Megan Kelly, but watching it, you're rooting for her as the main character of this movie. Um, the second part was, all right, how much of this is Charlene just doing a voice? You know, Charlene. Because, Charlene, because so <laughs> and it's much creepy good of, too. So much of that of that, she's doing an impression. It's a, it's a Saturday Night Live. It's like, all right, you throw a little Lorne Michaels in there, and you bring it back, and then it, it's a, you. It's a formulaic, uh, not formulaic, but you, there are ways that you figure out how to do an impression, and it's so different from Charlize's like uh, normal speech patterns that it just falls kind of into like impression territory because Megan Kelly's voice patterns are so weird. 
It's mm-hmm. very distinct. So crazy. So she's doing it. And then every now and then it's like other scenes, other people, other people. Then it goes back to her and she's just like, all right, she's been Kelly again. And you're like, fuck, this is weird. <laughs> and apparently it's like the, the guy who did the makeup came out of retirement for Darkest Hour, won the Oscar. Yeah. But apparently it's like seven small prosthetics. And that's just like crazy. Yeah. Because yeah. so like it a little, little tip of her nose yeah because you could kind of see the like uh they, the silicone they like, taped the up her eyes light, too where the light goes through it um yeah Ren- renee is wonderful you know y- you wonder how much of, of of this oscar is a little bit of the older academy being like this is the oscar that judy garland did not ever get <laughs> sure <laughs> um, yeah <laughs> my favorite scene in judy is uh in the apartment with the two gay men um yes i think that's really beautiful that's a great scene mm-hmm. um it could yeah. become it. It could become it, but I think it is ripe for an upset. <laughs> I mean, I love Renee Zellweger. It's. Uh, I think she's so charming. I think she's America's sweetheart. If you do not think that, you can go jump in the lake. <laughs> Been watching a lot of interviews with her, and she just seems so just funny and just like a big old kook. She's taking. She's, a, she's taking a lot of crap. For, you know. So if uh, if it doesn't go to Renee, who do we think the upset? Has who has a chance at the upset? Scarlet, Scarlet, really? Yeah, wow. I think Scarlet has the actor's vote. That if you're to really break down for this movie, like this what the hardest yeah. role yeah. would have been for this category, when you look at her monologues and Marriage Story, yeah, I could see an actor looking at that and just being like, "Oh, fuck, fuck that!" that. Yeah. These these long <laughs> yeah. takes, yeah. Okay, okay, and interesting. She said in like the Hollywood Reporter roundtable that Noah Baumbach is very particular. About sticking to the script, sticking to the script, right? No improv. So has mm-hmm. she won anything? I mean, besides like El Paso Film Critics, you know, awards? N- nothing really nothing except like... film critics groups. Yeah, sure. Yeah, interesting. I think she has a decent shot, but it's probably Renee's in the back. Has Renee just won like literally everything? Yeah, she's pretty much swept everything. Wow. And it will be nice to see Renee win for a non-Harvey Weinstein movie, too. <laughs> for sure. So that when people, like, constantly ask her about Harvey Weinstein, she can be like, you can ask me about Judy. <laughs> I won for that one. The the one thing that gives me pause about Renee is, as we saw last year, it's if it's not a Best Picture winner, it's usually the movie that more people saw. But the thing is, mm-hmm. with Netflix's... Yeah, v- viewership. We don't really know Can't, how many yeah. people yeah. saw Marriage Story. Yeah, we can only assume. True, true, true. Did you just see it in the theater? I did see it in the theater. Well, there you go. I saw it at the Limley. How about that? Mm-hmm. Scott's keeping theatrical alive. See, yeah. <laughs> All right, what do we got for supporting? Supporting actor. Um, it's nice to see Tom Hanks make his way back in for sure. Tom Hanks. I feel like whenever I do my Oscar predictions, I've put him getting nominated for Captain Phillips. Saving Mr. Banks and The Post, and he didn't get nominated for any of those. Nada. Hasn't been since Castaway. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting that he was nominated for this. I saw this movie. He was great in it. Did not think he was going to get an Oscar nomination for it. He's so choppy. Oh, I did. I mean, I... but again, it's one of those things where he's doing he's doing an impression. It's very clearly, you know, we all know Mr. Rogers. We all know that speech pattern, very specific. I don't think he looks like Mr. Rogers. I don't particularly think he sounded like Mr. Rogers. I just think it was Tom Hanks doing a great role. But do I think it was worth a nomination? I don't know. I don't know. I'm kind of like, 
He's got some really lovely scenes. I think a lot of people were surprised to see that the focus of the movie was about the writer. Yes. Yeah. The mo- the mo- the the he's, lay person that I talked to was not, like, "Why is he supporting?" I'm like, because not it's not the about main character. The main, it's not yeah. about him. <laughs> yeah. Um, Anthony Hopkins for two popes. Anthony Hopkins has been out of the loop for Oscars for a while. Yeah, since I think maybe he was, Amistad or something. Yeah, Amistad was his last. Well, he should have gotten one for Beowulf. <laughs> <laughs> Um, of course, the two Irishman nominations, Pacino and Pesci. I feel like you could have probably lost one of these. I feel like you probably didn't need... Have they been canceling each other out? I don't know. I feel... With wins? Yeah. 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 But I just feel like you could probably get rid of one of these in the category and it would be fine. Yeah. Pesci- I don't know if like which one you would take and which one you would leave. Yeah. I, I, I really like the Pesci stuff because... I mean, not only coming out of reti- coming out of retirement is kind of a story, but yeah. I like that he's kind of being the anti-Pesci. He's it, it's it's the he's small and creepy, sure, as opposed to being the one who's kind of in this case the Al Pacino, you know, right. yelling. Um, and I really did not care for the Irishman. I think it's fine. I think it's well made. I just think it's kind of a chore to sit through. Um, can I just say, having to see Al Pacino at all these award ceremonies. <sighs> Hoo-ha. This like this like crazy Al Pacino hair, like he's turning into uh, Phil Spector. Nah, <laughs> like this crazy Al Pacino hair, the big sunglasses. He looks crazy, and like in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he's playing a character, and like he's a kooky like like Jewish agent, and it's like he's a like, kooky character. That guy looks more normal than like regular Al Pacino these days. I actually think that he's better in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood than the Irishman, too. Hmm. Schwarz. He's with a Z. I mean, he's much more different than himself in the Irishman, yes. but... <laughs> yeah. Jimmy um, Hoffa. Yeah, but, like, this this look that he's that he's serving, it's like, all right, dude, calm down. <laughs> I know you're Al Pacino, but, geez, Louise, you are 80. <laughs> but we know who it's going to. It's going to be Charmer. Yes. It's going to be Brad Pitt. Just Hollywood charm. I'm yes. excited to see Brad Pitt finally win. Okay, I think, I, I, I think he'll do a good. Speech. I'm excited to see him win for for acting. I think that his BAFTA speech was a little overwritten. Uh, um, are you talking about the or SAG? The I'm SAG. The, I'm sorry, the SAG. The SAG speech was a little overwritten. Got the jokes. The jokes. It's almost like he was like here's, trying out stand up. Here's material. my thing. Love Brad Pitt. I mean, I'm not. Brad Pitt is not a funny person. He just is not a funny guy. And he's and he's telling jokes in these speeches and he's nervous when he's doing it because he's like I'm these I don't know if I can tell these jokes. I'm not a joke teller. I'm going to tell this joke and I'm going to read it and he's reading it and they're getting laughs because it's Brad Pitt and they're funny. But to, but I'm just like, "Oh boy." Ooh. You could like you could tell he's not writing these speeches. You could tell people like you know it'd be funny if you said this. You know, talk about Tinder and talk about like he should have used too much your divorces take, yeah. and yeah. And he should have used the Tinder line for the Oscar speech. Meanwhile, Maddox is just just sitting in his room, just like fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll punch him again. It, it's so funny because the 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 role is such the Hollywood charmer role. Yeah. yeah. But in fact, for me, my favorite parts of of that role are some of the stuff he does at like spawn ranch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I really, really love that scene with him and Dakota at the door. And just all the Manson girls. It's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely. I think definitely deserved. I don't think this one is overhyped. I think it's for sure. Like I'm fine with him sweeping everything. Um, 
Yeah, I just feel like, all right, we get it, Brad. You're like thrice divorced. I mean, they're going to have to invite <laughs> Leave it alone. Jen Aniston. She, she goes every year. Because we're going to need to have that like that <laughs> cutaway to Jen during his speech. I love how people are already are already on this and like she's just separated, you know? She's not even divorced herself yet. <laughs> I <laughs> know. I know. The we all just really want them to reunite. <laughs> I was when so Scott told me for the Golden Globes, he's like Brad and Jen are reuniting for the Golden Globes. And I was like, what do you mean reuniting for the Golden Globes? He's like, they're, they're reuniting for the Golden Globes. And I was like, what are you going to sing a song? Are you going to sing like, I got you, babe? Like, what do you mean? He's going to open the show. Well, they were both nominated for Golden Globes, so they were both there. And I was like, okay. <laughs> we, had, we had all the exes in the room. We, we had Gwyneth was in the room. All we needed was yeah. Juliet. We just needed Juliet Lewis and Angelina. Oh, my God, Juliet. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Why doesn't she get invited every year? Um, yeah, so... Best, Brad, give me Brad. Best Supporting Actress. I feel like the surprise of the category, Kathy Bates for Richard Jewell. And she was really good in She's Richard good. Jewell. Yeah. I remember walking out of Richard Jewell just being like, yeah, it's a solid Kathy Bates performance. Right. And kind of the, she was the wild card fifth spot that I think that she kind of took it from Jen Lopez. Jen or Farewell, The Farewell. Uh, mm-hmm. Nine Eye, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and also the, the the weird thing where you wonder where did Margot get any votes for once, right? As opposed to Bombshell, which yeah. she's wonderful in, but yeah. Um, Scarlett Johansson, Jojo Rabbit. I really love her in Jojo Rabbit. I think she's really good. Going from movie. O to two, yeah. I think that her performance really speaks to also what kind of Americans are going through in the current state mm-hmm. with uh kind of a commentary on like Trump's America with Nazi Germany. I think that character like really speaks to the now and that's probably why she got in mm-hmm. for it. Uh Florence Pugh kind of the the ingenue entry of the category. She's really good as Amy March in Little Women. Kind of the justice for Amy. Mm-hmm. Yes, gets, indeed. Not it's, a fan favorite a character that um kind of the role kind of walks away with the movie. Yeah, it gets that scene with Timothy mm-hmm. And Margot Robbie for Bombshell. And I think Margot Robbie is good in Bombshell. She has some really nice moments. It's kind of the heart of the movie. Do you think that Margot Robbie has any shot in winning? I think it's possible. You know, one thing I like about this category. Did you did you say Dern yet? No, he hasn't said it yet. Um, one thing I like about the category in general is it seems like the... Uh, Everyone is truly a supporting performance. Yeah, Every, yeah. Everyone, you know, comes in, gets in there, and gets done. There's no clear lead that's been put in supporting to win. Right. And I, I was, I, I did find it interesting. And don't ask me why I watched the Megyn Kelly reaction to Bombshell. <laughs> but I did find it interesting that the women of Fox News, even though the Margot character is a, a you know, right. a mix of people. Yeah. I did find it interesting that they most related to her scenes. Sure. Uh, both on the telephone outside at the end, but also in the in the boardroom with the twirl and how that really happened. Oh and, and that they all had to go through this um, with Ailes. Um, I think she's wonderful, but I, I do think... Dern is giving you the classic, and, and <laughs> no, Scott will talk about this, but the classic um, feisty supporting actress role. Right. Yeah. And she ends with a little speech with a little kind of joke yeah. on the end of it. And then, yeah, so Laura Dern from Marriage Story is probably going to win. I mean, 
Every who doesn't love Laura Dern? <laughs> Everyone loves Laura Dern. She's like the cool mom of Hollywood now. She's like the mom that takes the kids to Coachella. An acting dynasty where her mm-hmm. parents don't have Oscars. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. This is true. Well, Diane Ladd and Bruce. Dern. And as far as marriage story, I think the nomination is, and win is a little generous for the actual movie for when you watch it. Because I just don't think there's all that much to the character that really warrants a win. It's going to be a vote for Laura Dern. Mm. She's feisty. Mm-hmm. And Pete refuses to watch Marriage Story. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't want to watch it. I think a lot of people think it's more depressing than it is. Yeah, I think there's some light moments of humor. Merritt Weaver and Julie Hackerty. Yeah, they're both that's, really good that's, in it. That's what I that's what I love from from a recap of a movie. I think there was some light humor. <laughs> I'm in. You get weird about certain movies and you're just like Nope. Putting your foot down on Marriage Story nope. for some for some strange reason. No space dinos, no ghost babies. I'm out. <laughs> so director is pretty stacked. I mean, I think that people gave people are giving this category a really hard time because no women were let into it. But I mean, I mean it's it's Martin Scorsese for The Irishman, Todd Phillips for Joker, Sam Mendes 1917, Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and uh, June Ho. Is that how you say it? Uh, Bong Joon-ho. Bong Joon-ho for Parasite. Like, a pretty stacked category. I think that Todd Phillips was the one that you could easily take out and enter with something else. But still, that's just like one entry that, I mean, just some pretty huge passion projects here. Yeah, it's interesting when people always say, you know, how can you nominate the movie and not the director? Well, we also have nine up to ten slots and only yeah. five for director. Yeah. I mean, Greta has been invited to this club before, but it's interesting. You've even seen some people like the Honey Boy uh, director there. She has called for maybe instituting um, gendered directing categories, oh. um, which would be interesting. That's crazy. As well. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. It's uh, much debated, but uh, I-, I feel like this is going to be between um, Sam Mendes and Bong Joon-ho. I think Sam Mendes is going to win it for 1917. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, going into picture, I've seen almost all of them. Ford, Ford v. Ferrari, Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. I think, realistically, this race comes down to 1917, Once Upon a Time in Parasite. I think Hollywood's going to win it. Mm. I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is going to be the name that they call out. And our PGA winner was 1917. Yes. Um, which statistically, until recent years, has been in lockstep with the Best Picture winner. But Do you remember a few years ago when it tied? Yes. With Gravity and 12 Years, 12 years a Slave? Yeah. The remember, Producers Guild tied? Yeah. Because I remember reading breakdowns of how realistic a tie would be in Best Picture. Hmm. And it turns out it's like one in like a million. Wow. Because they also use a preferential ballot. Yep. Wow. So do you want to explain the preferential ballot for listeners? Because voting for Best Picture is strange because it's not like you put down one movie that you're voting for. You're ranking them. Right. You're ranking them. I mean, far from the expert on this subject, but basically if you don't get over that over 50% threshold in the first round, they start looking at – 
you pretend like they're you can go on YouTube actually and find an explanation of this process, but basically think of it as little piles. So if you don't get over fifty percent in that first round, they start looking at your second choice. Yeah, okay. and you, so you, then you're dipping into the other piles until you, you till you get over that percentage, um, which is why basically when you have like a La La Land Moonlight thing, which we didn't discuss today, you don't want to be polarizing. Yeah, you want to be somebody's in their top choices. Like probably ideally, you want to be in two or three, right? Because it's like if you put like Little Women as number one. Little Women's probably not going to win, so it's going to be one of the ones that kind of gets cut from right. And you get into this odd thing, too, of like how voters think, right? If, if with Greta out now, with a lot of people predicting her for adapted screenplay, you're like, well, does that mean they still love her so much they'll still put it high? Or they'll say, oh, I'll put it lower because I'm going to vote for her for this. Or, you know, you get into some strange dynamics. That's why I think, realistically, if you were to break it down, I think those top three spots are going to be... 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. Right. I think they're pretty evenly matched. I think that Parasite is working a really good Oscar campaign right now, so they very well could win. Like, I remember just reading all the SAG buzz of Parasite's going to win, Parasite's going to win, and then boom, it won. It's a weird, it's a difficult thing because, you know, does it make history as the first international film to win? Yes, but the problem is, as it seems like why an international film hasn't won in the past, is that people know it's going to win international film. Yeah. Yes. And so... Which I'm kind of surprised that... Because I know that documentary might be like this. That either you're in documentary and you're not in Best Picture. Is that how that works? Well, now well now the, the rules have changed here because even this year you have something like Honeyland was the submission um, and is in, for- oh, sure. in foreign language. It's, it's also in, in doc. Yeah. So I almost feel like I should guess... should it be one or the other for foreign film and picture? Yeah, because I guess a doc couldn't be a picture nominee. So that's a good that's a good question. And also all of the buzz for the Irishman has kind of disappeared. Why do you think that is? <sighs> I don't know. You know, was it? Yeah, I don't know. A lot I of feel talk like of it Netflix was it was talked yeah. about a lot probably a month and a half ago about winning and then all of a sudden it just dropped off the radar. And you kind of saw everyone picking it as the winner and then it filtered out to the other three you were talking about. Mm-hmm. It's going to be it's going to be down to the envelope. It's going to be I I mean I can't remember of a year when best picture was that up in the air kind of evenly divided between two three movies. So, we'll see. I think 1917, you think once. What do you think, Pete? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I feel like 1917 is like the Oscar bait movie. It's going to get all the older traditional voters. Yeah, and it open late, late, late. Yeah, and I feel like I mean we've been giving Joker a hard time. I don't think Joker has any shot in winning Best Picture. There's no real Green Book duds of the kind of predicted winners. I'm fine with either of these movies winning. Yeah, yeah I'd be okay with any of those three. And they'll have a pretty good reputation. Sure. Uh, any other just random categories that you have hot takes on? We did the main ones. I, I think it's a it's a strong year for film. I think I would have loved to see Taron get in there. Same. Kind of goes yeah. back to our young actor problem. Yeah. I mean, he was batting pretty good odds because he got in the SAGs. He won the Golden Globe. 
And got in BAFTA. And BAFTA and Critics' Choice. So he was getting pretty... He was getting pretty good buzz to get in there, and it just didn't. It just didn't work out. Yeah. So there's been a lot that's been said about Jennifer Lopez getting shut out. Do you have any kind of hot takes on why she didn't end up getting in the category? My hot take. <laughs> I feel like she's really excellent throughout the whole movie. I go back to my strange thing with the actress branch. It's like, was she just consistently good? Because I feel like she was lacking the scene. Yeah, that wasn't yes, the, the big, scene. Yeah. I mean, kind of when you break down the scenes of that movie, Constance Wu has some really great character moments, and they didn't really give Jen's character all that many great scenes like that. She has kind of she has some good scenes where she makes some pretty like where she does some pretty good monologues, but I think that there was something definitely missing. Yeah, from how that character was written. Yeah, kind of like I maybe we'll, we'll give you the big dance at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then. But that wasn't, it wasn't a song that she sang. And also would've... like Jennifer Lopez, it's one of those things that sometimes you can do the award circuit. You can shake all the right hands. You can meet all the right people. You can sit on all the right panels. But sometimes it just is a crapshoot and it doesn't work out. Yeah. Like sometimes it's just like that's just the luck of the draw. And if you ask when it comes to it, and if you ask my dad, a SAG voter, what he thought, he said, Jennifer Lopez, she was a lead. <laughs> so who knows? Who knows what happened? There? I was also reading some blind item interviews with some heads of the Academy that were not featuring hustlers, too. Like they were not into it. Not into it. Hmm? Not feeling that contemporary stripper edge. <laughs> so, yeah. Any any kind of final any kind of final thoughts on the Oscars? I mean, I think when, when it comes to the Oscars that, especially someone that has followed them a lot, like I love talking about them. I love kind of researching movies all throughout the years of what is going to win. I think you kind of have to take them with a grain of salt, too. Right. Just that have it, fun with it. It's really not that serious. And kind of Oscar wins do not guarantee anything in Hollywood. They there are don't. many actors that have won Oscars that have gone to have just mediocre careers. So that's just that's just Hollywood for you. <laughs> Any final thoughts, Pete? Um I'm excited to I'm excited to see the the beautiful gowns. <laughs> we do we do a watch party every year. We've done it for like 8 years. Try to. Mhm. We missed last year. We um, missed last year. We had a party last year. Um, um. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I always have fun. I'll make some. I'll make some good food. Mm-hmm. Any Any final thoughts? Crash. On Oscars. Crash. <laughs> so yeah, I remember when that happened. I remember just the entire room was gagged. I was at a viewing party for at a boss's house and just like shocked. I I felt like being gay was not okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least in the eyes of the Academy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what did it, Pete? Brokeback Mountain. Oh, Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. Oh, well. That is Boo. the reason. Boo. Love some Jilly Hall. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for joining us for yeah. our Oscar Spectacular. Thanks for having me, guys. This was lots of thanks fun. Thanks for bearing with Josh and I as we just rattle on. Yeah, thanks for random, listening, everybody. Random facts about the Academy Awards. <laughs> uh, we're going to have some more special content coming your way in season two of uh, 
movies that made us gay coming very very soon thanks for listening watch the oscars we'll have some maybe some live uh instagram moments definitely yeah we'll be we'll definitely be um be live tweeting and live gramming from the oscars we'll see you on the what is the date of the february 9th february 9th week after the super bowl wow thanks again josh for coming thanks for coming We'll have you on real soon. Yeah. Everybody out there, find us on Facebook and Instagram at Movies That Made Us Gay. Don't forget to give us five stars on iTunes. We'll catch you next time, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.